Good morning and good coffee. Hey everybody, it's Morning Coffee with Larry, and I am glad you have chosen to join me today. Whether it's for morning coffee or mid-morning coffee or lunch coffee, gosh, it sounds like I'm obsessed with coffee. <clears throat> it can always be tea. Uh, avoid those uh, energy drinks while listening to the show. You may get too wild and crazy, and next thing you know, you may start doing one of my suggestions, right? Wherever you're at. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, let's see. Today is the 3rd of July. We're in July. I told you June was going to disappear fast. This summer is flying. So today is the day when a lot of small towns are having their fireworks shows here uh, in the area. Uh, we are going to be going to a fireworks show tonight uh, out at Lake Sarah uh, in central Illinois. Uh, we're going to take uh, the family pontoon boat out and uh, be enjoying the show from the lake along with uh, probably a couple hundred other boats that will gather tonight. So I, that's always a fun, exciting time. Uh, you, uh, uh, you're able to kick back, relax, and enjoy uh, the, the festivities and enjoy family and friendship. So uh, whatever you're planning on, if you're planning on a fireworks show tonight or if you're just going to wait till the, the, the primary day of tomorrow, that's perfectly fine. <sighs> I am enjoying, uh, rather than coffee, I am enjoying some plain old Lipton tea today. I stuck in a little bit of stevia. You know, that's a sweetener that's, I mean, it's very good, but it's it's definitely not sugar, but it's, it's, it's very good. It's different. One of these times, I'm going to need to try to raise some stevia plants and just see what it's like to pinch off a leaf of stevia and brew that in the cup. I don't know if any of you have done that. If you have, why don't you go out to the Facebook page of... Uh, and, uh, and and leave me a message regarding that. It's Morning Coffee with Larry. Uh, just type that in at Facebook and uh, surely I'll pop up and you can you can leave a message as to uh, uh, your, uh, your if you've had experience with stevia outside of the pouch of, of stevia. Oh, this morning when I was just waking up and and, trying to get my thoughts uh, moving in just one direction, I, I heard this low rumble, and it almost sounded like a rolling bass drum. And I thought, what in the world is that? And then a little bit later came another one. I don't know if, if, if you happen to be a Lord of the Rings fan, and you remember in the first movie when they go inside the Dwarves' Mountain, and they had a... Uh, uh, Oh, which hobbit was it? Was it Mary, I think, that knocked over the bucket down the well, announcing their presence to anybody and anything that was in these mountainous caverns? All of a sudden, then they heard the drum of the orcs starting to beat. And that was the thought that came to my mind this morning as I was trying to get my thoughts together and wake up was, is that the orc drum? And then I heard another one is like, no, I think it's distant thunder. So we've got apparently some thunder and lightning about, oh, 
10 miles to the north of us. And uh, every now and then comes this little rolling thunder coming through. Anyway, well, today's topic um, ties in with a conversation that I had yesterday regarding marriage and love and connection and all those kinds of good things. And I thought, well, I'm going to just see what kind of articles are out there, see if there's, you know, certain lists that I can kind of share my thoughts on. And I came across this article in Psychology Today. Uh, Psychology Today is, it's, it's a bit of a pop magazine when it comes to um, topics uh, of, of interest in the psychological field. It used to be officially owned by the American Psychiatric Association, but a few decades ago they sold it off because it, it wasn't quite fitting the standards that the APA wanted to um, wanted to be known for. So it, it was purchased and uh, has continued to this day. This article is actually several years old. It's posted from June 5th, 2012. And the neat thing, if you're looking at relationships, that you know, the time frame doesn't really matter that much because if it's if it's good quality, then it's you know it's going to go beyond time. But the t- the the article is titled "The Twelve Ties That Bind Long-Term Relationships," and the subtitle being "Which Relationships Stand the Test of Time and Why." And if you'd like to sit, find this article, I'll uh, uh, stick a link to it in the show notes and, and stick it out there on the website, our Facebook page. Anyway, the, uh, I'll just read a li- the, the first paragraph, and then I'm going to jump down to the, 12, the list of 12 ties, and I'll just read, you know, like a first part of it and then kind of give my thoughts. Um, it says, the crazy thing we call love is perhaps one of the most studied and least understood areas in psychology. One reason is that many studies of romantic relationships are carried out not in real life, but in the lab. Making matters worse, many of these studies involve dating relationships between samples of convenience, consisting of undergraduate students. Though these students are certainly capable of close relationships, many of them haven't matured enough to know themselves, much less what they want to find out in a romantic partner. And I'll agree. There's, you know, you have, uh, when you have uh, studies that are done uh, and you need subjects, you know, sometimes it gets dumbed down uh, to, you know, too much of a concentrated population. I would agree with that. Um, but uh, let, let's jump down and, and kind of see what are the different suggestions that, that they have or observations they have. And I'll see, you know, how much of that kind of matches with, with what I think on this topic. Uh, number one is think positively about your partner. Having positive thoughts about your partner or spouse means that you focus on the good, not the bad, in your partner's personal qualities and character. Ruminating about things that bother you can only lead you to magnify the, the small uh, foibles. 
F-O-I-B-L-E-S. Are my glasses working right? Foibles? F-O-I-B-L-E-S. Wow, I've never seen that word before. Okay, ruminating about the things that bother you can only lead you to magnify the small foibles, which will make your partner even more irritating to you than you would otherwise feel. People in good relationships engage in sentiment override, meaning that they remember more of the favorable than the unfavorable uh, experiences they've shared together. I 100% agree with that. You have heard me say many times on this podcast uh, that uh, it is important in what you think about, what you believe about your spouse. If you have negative beliefs about your spouse, guess what? You're going to view them in that negative way. If you go to an apple tree expecting to see bad apples, that's what's going to stand out to you. We focus, we, we see what we are focused on. So if you are focused on the, the shortcomings, that's what you're going to see. And it puts things out of balance. You know, sometimes, you know, that may come across as nitpicking in a relationship. You know, little things that are in a healthy relationship that are overlooked because they're inconsequential get magnified. And if that's what you're looking for, all of a sudden you start developing inaccurate, wrong, negative beliefs about your spouse. And in essence, this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy starts happening. You then start, when you see another one, you say, see, that's more evidence to support my belief that my spouse is whatever the bad thing is, whatever your negative belief is. So if you find yourself doing that, please do everyone a favor and knock it off. There's no perfect spouse. And guess what? You're not perfect either. If it is a serious problem that needs to be addressed, by all means, address it in a serious, healthy manner. There was a, but, but if it's these other things, you got to change that. You definitely got to change that. My best friend in high school, Eck, I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not, but hey, Eck, how you doing if you are? I remember his wedding. It was in um, 1997. It was up in, I believe, Cleveland, Ohio area. And it was an incredible wedding. The church was incredibly ornate. Uh, We had to stand for like the whole cotton picking, chicken plucking wedding. Uh, but it was, but it, you know, that was the traditions in their church. And it was incredible, though, uh, the, the neat experience. But the thing I remember, I remember this very vividly, and it has stuck in my head ever since, from the, uh, the priest that was conducting the wedding. And that was, go into your marriage with both your eyes wide open. But after you get married... Keep your eyes half closed. Know exactly what you're getting into. Don't candy coat it. Don't fill it with just wishful thoughts. But but keep but know what you're getting into. But then afterwards, keep your eyes half closed, which means 
don't be focused on the bad. Be focused on the good. So yeah, uh, author here of Psychology Today. Uh, who was the author again? Uh, Susan Krauss Whitburn, PhD. Good job, Susan. I believe you got that right on target. Number two, think about your partner when apart. When you leave your partner for the day, the evening, for an, or for an extended period of time, do you forget about his or her existence? Is it out of sight and out of mind for you? If so, this may be a sign you're not that much in love. You don't have to spend every second apart sighing longingly, but the fact that your partner isn't there uh, should at least cross your mind some of the time during the course of the average day. And I don't know if I quite buy into that one. I think it depends on what you're doing. Let's say you work in a very active, demanding job. And if you are the kind of person that does compartmentalization, then it is not totally abnormal to be so focused in what you're doing that your, your spouse rarely comes into your mind. That's just a, uh, a reality of it. If you work, for example, at a, as a nurse at a hospital in the emergency room on one of the floors, uh, then you are very likely very focused on all the different aspects of your job, and you don't have a whole lot of spare time where your spouse may pop in. Also, there, uh, there are some folks that compartmentalize more. And so when they are in one setting, that's what they focus on. And if their spouse or, or you know, dating relationship, if that person is not present or a part of that cubbyhole, we would say, then you wouldn't naturally think about them there. Now, maybe when you go on break or at lunch, then you might because they are an interwoven part of your relationship. So I don't think that's always true. But let's say you don't have that kind of a job. Let's say it's just, you know, normal, typical time. Do they cross your mind or not? I wouldn't say that it's necessarily... Uh, you know, the idea that you're maybe you're not that that much in love. But it may be where your your relationship may be more compartmentalized as opposed to going in and finding itself woven throughout all of your life. Now, that can sometimes be a problem uh, because uh you know, the, that's where the out of sight, out of mind can become a hazard, especially if you work around a lot of people of the opposite sex or something like that, or if it's a flirtatious kind of environment. Uh, that's where it could be a problem because then the out of sight, out of mind can definitely be an issue. But I don't think that, you know, uh, it's something that needs to happen continuously. But don't be surprised if you find yourself when you're not with your spouse 
thinking about them more. Number three, difficulty concentrating on things when thinking about your partner. If you If you're able to set aside your thoughts about your partner without much effort, this suggests that your partner takes up only a small amount of cognitive load. Multitasking isn't particularly desirable when it comes to musing over your loved one. In the O'Leary study, this factor was particularly important for men. Um... I'm not sure if I'm quite grasping this one in the way that they're thinking. Difficulty concentrating on things when thinking about your partner. Well, I guess it it ties into, you know, when you're thinking about them, how focused are you? Are you just thinking about them? Are you remembering them? Are you thinking about something you're looking forward to? Those wouldn't necessarily, I think, require a whole lot of thought. Now, let's say you're having marital issues. Now, that would be something that it probably would be difficult concentrating on other things because you're thinking about your spouse. You know, there, there's a problem. You're, you're distressed over it. That would definitely be a preoccupation. Or let's say there's a big event or big decisions that you and your spouse are doing you know, as you're thinking about the decisions, your spouse's concerns and things may be popping into your head a little bit more often. Um, but, you know, there, there's, I don't know if, if it's all that healthy if you're like, you know, I can't focus on other things because I'm always thinking about my spouse. Number four, enjoying novel and challenging activities. Like definitely, life, yeah, like definitely attract, okay, like definitely attracts like when it comes to personal interest and hobbies. So we're talking about, you know, similarities. Spending time together is important, as you'll see below, but it's how you spend your time that influences your relationship satisfaction even more. Aaron's self-expression self-expansion model tested in empirical research suggests that couples can improve their love for each other when they spend their time together exploring new and challenging activities. I would agree with that. I believe very much in compatibility. You know, there's the old saying, opposites attracts, and that's true. But it's compatibility that keeps us together for the long haul. What are the things that you and your spouse have in common? What are the things you enjoy doing together? If all your activities are separate, if all your friendships are separate, well, that's her friends, this is my friends, or that's his friends, you know, and I've got my set over here, or this is what he does, and this is what I... If if you don't have anything that you do in common, That sounds more like roommates in college, you know? Um, There there should be things that we do in common. If you don't have very many things that you do in common with your spouse, guess what my suggestion is going to be? Find some. Find some things that you and your spouse enjoy doing together. 
Create those things. Get them on a calendar. Explore to identify more things. That's one of the frustrating things for me whenever I'm doing marriage counseling with a couple. They've been married for a while. Their marriage is is cold. And I ask them, you know, what are the things you like doing together? And I remember one couple. uh, I guess you could really say they were the odd couple. Um, You know, one was more down down home, earthy, um, unsophisticated. The other was, you know, much more um, cosmopolitan, I guess you could say. There's, you know, the style of clothes was in that way. Uh, How they had their hair was that way. It was, you know, they looked very different. Their, their, uh, Their actions and mannerisms were different. Uh, They just looked like the odd couple. And so I I was asking them, you know, what are the things that you like doing together? And they looked at each other and looked back at me and said, well, we don't have anything that we like doing together. Uh, All of his hobbies were totally separate from her hobbies. They didn't have any couples that they ever hung out with because his friends were completely different from her friends. And it was like, well, we, one of the things that if you're doing marriage counseling with me, I'd always say, you need to start doing dates. Seriously, these folks could not come together on dating ideas. They didn't. I'm, and I'm sitting here going, why the heck are you married? Why did you get together in the first place? Were you on a reality show and you had to pick somebody? And, you know, you've got to have things that you do enjoy doing together. It doesn't mean everything has to be, but you do need to have those things that you enjoy doing together because then you're creating memories. My wife and I, we like doing outdoor things. We enjoy the farm animals. And uh, I bet, you know, when I was gone here the past few days up in South Dakota, um, when I came back and, and we were doing the farm chores yesterday morning, my wife said that she really missed me doing the farm chores. And it wasn't just the fact that she had to do all the chores, but we talk when we're out there doing it. We're planning for the future. We're working through problems with the livestock. We're bouncing ideas off of each other. We also just enjoy it because we love on the animals. You know, we, you know, we, we, we get such a kick out of, you know, listening to the ducks having conversations with us and, and just their goofy mannerisms, you know. We, you know, we'll grab a goat and, you know, just pet it or hold it and, and talk about it. You know, the chickens are, are an interesting challenge because, you know, we want to get attached to the laying hens, but we're trying not to get attached to the chickens that are going to wind up in the freezer. But it's, you know, the, we, we enjoy doing that together. We enjoy uh, kayaking on the river together. We enjoy road trips together. We enjoy listening to music out on the road together. She does not enjoy me playing, forcing her to play the game. Which band is this playing this song? Uh, <laughs> but those are things we like doing. If you don't have very main things that you like doing with your spouse, you're going to have to get your rear end in gear and find out what are things that you two enjoy doing and start doing it. Start doing those things. Find 
things that you can share. If it's something that your spouse is really into and you're not, try to figure out why is your spouse so into it and see if you can see things from their point of view and do more of those things. You know, it's it's important to have those activities to do together. You know, what what could it be? All right, well, tell you what, we only got through number four, and we are out of time. So I'm going to pick this up. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll be tomorrow. Tomorrow is a, a special day, and I kind of got an idea of something I want to do for the 4th of July. Also, just in thinking, I was going to mention this at the beginning. Today is podcast number 99. Oh, wow. To me, that's so exciting. I can't believe I've done... 99 podcast on morning coffee with Larry. You know, when I started and I and I wanted to do this on as close to a daily basis as I could, I was like, I don't know if I can come up with that many topics. And some days it is a bit of a challenge. I have to work at it. But, you know, this is neat. So tomorrow is not just the 4th of July. It's my 100th broadcast. So to be sure and tune in for that. I heard that the uh, the president is really excited that I'm having my 100th broadcast because I heard he's he's taking over the whole National Mall tomorrow and having a huge fireworks display all in honor of my 100th broadcast. <laughs> so be sure and tune in for that. And with that said, I hope you have a great day. I hope that this has been helpful, whether you're in a marital relationship, a dating relationship, or just, you know, in between relationships, um, you know, you know, in, I hope it's helpful. I hope all of these are helpful. Um, and we will catch you next time. Have a great one. Love y'all. Take care. Bye.